Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. You know the intersection of the body and the mind and the spirit and all the things that are going on in life. And today we're going to talk about how that intersects. We're going to talk about mental health as as connected to medical health and physical health and emotional health, how that leads to trauma or from trauma can lead to PTSD. My guest today is Dr. Heather Harrington, and we are going to have an enormously fabulous conversation. Stay tuned. You need to hear this. Welcome to Save Your Sanity Podcast. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. Are you living with the chaos, confusion, and uncertainty that a toxic person loves to create? Is a partner, parent, ex, sibling, child, or coworker causing you to second-guess yourself? That can be crazy-making. I'm here to help you save your sanity. So let's get down to it and figure some things out now. Stay tuned. Welcome to Save Your Sanity. I hope that you're returning because you found value here. And I equally as much, I'm delighted if you just found us because we're going to help you with your situations around toxic relationships. You know, they affect every single aspect of our life. You may have had a toxic parent and you may not even realize the kinds of things that are happening to you. Or you may be in a toxic relationship and don't understand how you got there and what it could be doing to you. So for today's episode, we're going to be talking about that integral connection between emotional trauma, physical health, and the medical model. My guest today is Dr. Heather Harrington. Welcome to the show, Heather. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Wonderful to be here. Well, I'm excited. You know, I'm always excited to speak to medical people because those who understand the body-mind connection and the emotional connection uh, are not as available as I would like them to be. So when oh. I meet one like you, I am like, yay, we're going to talk about that. So let me, tell, let me tell everybody about you. Um, Dr. Heather Harrington has been a, nat- a naturopathic physician since 1987. So she got in early and she understood that we needed more than just the medical model, obviously. Early in her practice, the archdiocese requested treatment for women sexually abused by a priest who wanted drugless therapy. She held retreats on an island and developed her two-pronged approach, balance the biochemistry naturally and tell or revise the story through the expressive arts. Interesting, right? So an engaging speaker and astute workshop leader, which you'll soon realize she is a woman of many, many turns of mind. Expressive arts, she writes essays, she writes novels, librettos, creates radio plays, so much. And her radio play, Dr. Graves, We Healed Your Disease, came from her own experience, which we're going to talk about. So that's vast and information that we all can benefit from in this time we have to talk together. So this connection between trauma that may be emotional, may be physical, may be both, um, and how that gets put in our body 
and can sit there and inform who we become, how we react to life, and therefore how we re react to the things in life that maybe our uh, microbiome might change, our ability to deal with allergens might change, so many things might happen, and we might not realize all of that connectedness. So today we're going to talk about that. And you are such a Renaissance woman, as I said. You know, I th I think <laughs> on a personal makes me sound very old. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, Dr. Heather Harrington has just been channeled from the 1600s. Um, <laughs> but in actual fact, you know, I think that those of us who are very curious in life and have a turn of mind that includes various things like the arts and intellectual pursuits and medicine in particular, I think we like to integrate ideas and find out how they inform each other, don't you think? Well, absolutely. And I think that we don't have another, any other choice because that's exactly how our lives are. They're multi-level. You know, we don't just have this body that walks out to the door. We have a heart, we have the soul, we have all these things that are part of us. And so when we walk into the world, we don't realize that we even have our ancestors' uh, information informing us genetically. And we don't realize the things that happened from childhood, that if we haven't resolved them, they come out to play. And they'll come out to play until we, until we do look at them and, and own them and get excited by them, that they are part of us and that we can use them as fodder to have a more interesting life. Yes. Now, didn't that just intrigue you? Because you may not have thought about that. <laughs> um, so I think in this, when we, when we broaden the paradigm and we look at all those things that you just mentioned and we say, okay, this is not overwhelming. This is actually my life. There are many, many things that have happened. And if I want to have the best life possible, I need to focus on myself. And many people think that that is somehow not good. We should not be self-centered. But, you know, I, I, oh, 20 years ago, Heather, I did a tape recording <laughs> called Be Positively Selfish. Uh -huh. How to do it, how to be selfish in a way that is positive as opposed to narcissistic. Right. And, and this is what we're talking about, is to be able to look into ourselves and say, have I investigated all the pieces? Have I sent my, my mind on a crawl through all yeah. the areas of my life? And how does that totality, how does that gestalt get created that the, the um, you know, it's greater than the sum of its parts? Our life is greater than the sum of its parts. Yeah. So, you started in, in um, being a naturopathic physician. What drew you to that in particular of all the things you're interested in? Well, I think, well, this is, a, that, that would take up all our time, so I'll try to make it short. But I think what's important for me, because I was a bit of a different naturopathic physician, especially at the time because of the archdiocese, but before that, I was living in Nova Scotia. I had moved there from Montreal, and I had, was, I left my husband and I was um, in the summertime working at this summer camp called Camp Discovery. And there was a psychologist, two psychologists, sexologists actually, who came up from Maine and Boston. 
And so I had this, and there were psychiatrists, there were all these different people who would come and be with at Camp Discovery, right on the water there in Cape Breton. And it was um, so enlightening for me because they were doing all the body-mind connections. And in fact, um, Wilhelm Reich, you, you, Wilhelm Reich, okay, so he was a friend of, uh, what did we, Elmer Hamilton, we called her Ranger, and he, she actually was a friend of his, so he was the one that first coined the word body-mind connection, right, so that camp was extraordinary, because we would do all these exercises, and I remember lying there with this psych psychiatrist from New York, and she was, you know, she was basically going she was basically like, I think she had her hand on my chest or she was just, and she would just take me deeper and deeper. Now I had been med meditating since I was 15. So the inner world wasn't, you know, foreign to me, but for someone to, to take me inside and, and just allow me to explore that. So then I coupled that with when, you know, with the naturopathic medicine. And then when the archdiocese sent me these people, I realized, okay, this is the level that I need to treat people. And so my practice became, not only homeopathy and putting people on good diets, but also I ran these retreats on Galliano Island and really got into, these were people who had been sexually or medically or ritually abused, going into their psyches and helping them, you know, uh, understand and bring it out. Um, one of the exercises that I made up was called the womb exercise. And so we'd have one woman working, she would just be her womb, would take her down there, and all the women around would be around her, and one would be at her leg, one would be at her head, one would be her arm, one would be her abdomen. And so we try to channel what was really going on for her, and I would be the sort of the main channel and be able to filter out other people's comments if they were appropriate or not. And it was extraordinary what happened, and it sort of blew me my mind because I was just young I was new at this and I was like whoa this really is this I'm seeing results and that is what happened from camp discovery and then adding the naturopathic medicine so um, it was exciting it was exciting times it was the late 80s uh, yeah I get it <clears throat> we were walking similar paths because yeah. in 1979 I was involved in uh, re uh, reviewing research for the brain-mind connection. Wow. In 1981, I came down to Los Angeles and I took a, a one-week program called the Brain-Mind Revolution that changed absolutely everything for me. So we've been doing this work for a long time right. and that's why it's so exciting to talk about it. And, and did you find from your own experience that you uncovered things that were toxic or emotionally difficult that you were able to heal? Absolutely. I mean, I think that uh, between sexual assault, rape, I, you know, um, and then when I had Graves' disease, that was just about uh, 10 years ago, but all these things, I was always, I when I was 16, I started reading Eastern books, like the Upanishads. And so I would always come back to that, observe yourself. So I was always kind of watching myself. And I always, you know, could have a good time, but I was making decisions that I really were not my first choice. I mean, even becoming a naturopathic physician, I really wanted to be an actor. I really, you know, my mother used to say that when I would read a novel, I would become that character. But I... I needed to heal myself. 
And so, as Jung says, you know, the best doctor is the damaged doctor. And um, so you can really open up to someone else's pain when you're either going through it or you've experienced it. And I think that for me, I loved my practice in terms of people would, I would go to this deeper place that they would allow me. And um, I would see just so many people, you know, transformations were fantastic. And there I was just kind of this old, you know, wild-eyed, back-to-lander kind of just doing the thing. And now it's much more common. We have the research that shows that, of course, that changes the amygdala. It calms the amygdala. When you know you have more information about your own story, and that's why I found that it's really important to have someone not just on a good diet, not just doing the visualization, but really telling your story and really owning it so that you can be a, you know, a real fierce force in this world. Yes, and, and there's a lot in that avenue that we could go down and maybe another time because we want to kind of give an overview of what's possible mm -hmm. here. And, you know, as a, I was thinking about our conversation, I was thinking about a piece of work that Gabor Mate did and talking about how chronic anxiety and, and stress uh, leads to having particular physical problems. And he did do a small research study that showed that women who live in chronic anxiety and stress, and of course I extrapolate that to living in a toxic relationship, but right. he, he wasn't. Um, but women who live in chronic stress and anxiety in his research showed up that they were nine times more likely to get breast cancer. Exactly. A direct result, you know, from the body-mind connection. Right. And I think that's really important things. And, and we need to understand that, that we need to keep that connection. Like, Recently, I was uh, speaking to a group at a hospital, a, a particular support group, and and when I was talking to them, and I was saying, well, you know, there is this body-mind connection, and they were saying, what do you mean? And I was blown away because, you know, this is 2020. I started learning these things in 1970. Where were you? Right. <laughs> and so I'm saying to them, well, a, you don't have to accept your diagnosis, uh, particularly it is just a word and not a sentence, not a life sentence. Um, and you can, you know, I was saying to you earlier that my definition of a diagnosis is someone's reading of a set of tests at a particular moment in time that relate to my body. All right. <laughs> and that's all the weight I give it. Yeah. And then I say, okay, what am I going to do? But that's not the model for most people because many people think that MD stands for medical deity and so do the people <laughs> that have them. And so then it's like, will you tell me what to do? And, and I understand that completely because they don't have medical information. So they rely on that and they don't learn about the mind-body connection. And I think that we have a big opportunity to inform them about that and in particular, you were talking about PTSD. And for people who are not familiar with that, that's post-traumatic stress disorder. And we also have a not official thing called CPTSD, which is complex post-traumatic stress disorder, which we talk about in my world as coming from the fact that you have been 
um, with a toxic person, you have been in an abusive relationship with emotionally, physically, sexually, um, financially, spiritually abused. And it's complex because it came from so many places, not one, but so many places. And it right. got inside you long before you recognized what was happening. Right. So I'm glad that you're writing about it. Tell us about your experience with that and how you're turning that into your literature. Ooh, um, well, I think just to talk about um, PTSD and CPTSD, it, it almost seems like CPTSD is sort of like the adult version of ACE, the way I see it. Because ACE, adverse childhood experiences, come along through a lot of years and it also comes along through a lot of different ways. You know, you're abandoned, abandoned, you're neglected, you're poor, you don't have enough to eat, your body's in this compr compromised place, which is a similar thing as CPTSD when you're older. Um, and of course it depends on how violent and you know how intense the experience was. I, I, I'm actually at the point now after writing, you know, I'm just almost finished this book, Transforming Trauma, a Drugless and Creative Path to Healing PTS, that everybody has trauma. I mean, and after this COVID-19 experience, everyone has trauma, you know, <laughs> for so many different reasons. Um, and it's, so it is complex. It's, it, it's, it's social, it's psychological, it's global, it's um, from childhood, it's, you know, intergenerational it's from nutrition but the bottom line I think of all this is that what happens on a physical level and a physiological level is that inflammation happens right. and so the amygdala you know in PTSD as I know you know the amygdala yeah, it activates right and the prefrontal cortex which is really the executive function goes offline so you've got someone, and I could totally relate to that myself after being, you know, the abuses that I had suffered earlier, is you just, you, you just don't know how to really executively function. <laughs> you don't know where, how do you change this? And you're, you're just going through life sort of always, somebody's sort of poking you, all these triggers, and you just keep getting poked. So the bottom line of that is the amygdala is being inflamed. And we can see that exactly the same as when some kind of pain or some kind of injury happens to us. The body has, you know, it has the innate immunity and then it has the oxidative stress and it has the, the other pathways that are going to like the vagus nerve trying to, you know, calm it down or what happens to our mitochondria and my mitochondria is like the powerhouse of the cell, which is the ATP. Um, so it is multifactorial. And, but when we can help ourselves um, get to a really good place of balancing our biochemistry, which also means we need to know our individual allergies. So I can't give people a plan here. This is what you should, I can give it sort of general, but if you really want to do the work, you really got to find out what are your, food allergies or uh, environmental allergies? Do you have pesticides in your body, you know, plastics, um, uh, you know, heavy metals, all that kind of thing? And then you can, I mean, then you can go back to your childhood and, and kind of make a timeline yeah. and see where the things bothered you. Well, I think too, 
you know, you mentioned earlier a yogic principle that, that drew you in when you were 15. Um, I'm a Shivananda yoga teacher, so I have gone through all of that uh, as well as going into Ayurvedic study for a long time. And I understand completely what you're talking about. And we're talking about koshas, really, because first of all, we're going to look at the physical for what's going on and then get that handled. And then, you know, we'll go to the mental and then the emotional and then the spiritual and we'll work from the outside in. That's what right. I take from what you just said. And it is very important for us to understand that we have a lot that we can do on the physical level when maybe we can't do something right now um, to look at that hijackal mother that we had or what happened to us in this horrible instance of abuse. But we can, in fact, say, how am I treating myself right now? Exactly. Am I demonstrating to myself that I matter? That's and right. That's, that's a big leap, isn't it? Yeah. Well, for I think it's a revelation for a lot of people. And I also think what's really important through all this, so that it's not like drudgery, it's not work, you know. I mean, I don't know about you, but I mean, when I first started meditating, I really had to like close my eyes. Okay, I will do this for a certain amount of time. Okay, I'm doing it. Even now, some days go, okay, I'll do it because I know that I will get the benefit. But, you know, these kind of things are work. And that's why I think that over the years, I've just developed, like I've always loved to dance. That was my way to heal. Even as I went to Bastyr, I we had this great big house in Seattle, of, you know, several women and, and really basically no furniture in the living room because we didn't have any money, but I did manifest the piano. Um, and so dancing was always part of how I would get that emotional level out because I had to. And so between meditation and dancing, and then when I learned, when I started writing and writing stories and um and then singing and seeing how that all those things were fun. They weren't so bad to just, you know, act things out, sing them out. And we've often people are just shy to do those things or they think they can't sing or they can't dance. But the truth is we all have some way to express ourselves. We absolutely have to. I mean, otherwise I think life would be just so unenjoyable. And so when I had Graves' disease, um, and I made, even though there was no TSH detected, um, and I was told even by an integrated medical doctor, because I tried to get other people to tell me what to do, oh, you have to have your thyroid out. I mean, you have to have it irradiated. I was like, nope. And so what I learned from all that, which we could go in some, sometime, is that really the voice, opening this up in terms of the thyroid, really like whether you're going to chant or you're going to sing, I kind of have to do that every day because I was able to heal myself naturally. I had two bouts of it. Um, and the second time I went, okay, you really have to sit down here and meditate. You really have to. And then when I started realizing, no, I had to integrate the fun and the creative and start understanding what this level of emotion was. It was such a big, heavy emotion. And that's why I had that radio play, um, which was so fun to do. And, um, and it's true that, you know, so many people think that they have to immediately get their thyroid out or irradiated, and it's completely not true. Well, it's I think, true. too, one of the things that happens there is that we look for an immediate solution. We right. For the immediate solution, like, oh, I get my thyroid out, then I'll, I'll go through a period of time where they're trying to regulate it with medication, and then I'll be fine. Yeah. But the longer natural healing cycle 
is sometimes unattractive to people. So let's have the immediate solution so I can get back into that be more, do more, have more repeat cycle that somehow we prize in this culture Absolutely. that somehow makes us worthwhile human beings if we're out there pushing, pushing, pushing. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's what I certainly loved about the pandemic time was you had to stay home and you might have to confront who you are and your fears and those other humans that live in the house. That's right, exactly. <laughs> so many pieces of that puzzle showed up. But the important thing that I'm taking from what you're saying is that <clears throat> when we are willing to say, okay, somebody has opinions about this what is my deep feeling about this? Am I clutching on to someone else's fix? Exactly. Am I actually going to sit and say, okay, that's information. That's just information. What, what is right for me? That's right. Yeah. And I think that's hard for women. I think it's hard for women. I think it's harder for men. Harder. Uh, <laughs> well, I, don't, I think that most men don't even think on that level. No, I don't think they do. And I don't think they're going to go to even get the information unless they're pressed by some woman. In most That's cases. right, exactly. But, you know, if we're talking about women, we're, we're kind of more in tune with our bodies. And we have to be because our body keeps reminding us every month that we have a body. Yeah. And uh, so that keeps us a little, a little more aware and in tune on a regular basis. But when we've had things that have happened to us, we may not look at the aggregate of all of that that's happened. We may think of things as, oh, this instance or that symptom or whatever. And if we go to someone who is integrative or functional medicine or someone like yourself who's interested in really probably the most interesting cases there are, um, they, will, they will look at that integrative function, all the things that happen to you, all the things that are in your environment that you may just be putting up with or living with or actually not even being in denial about you haven't even noticed that's right stressors you're so used to that you don't even give them a name anymore exactly and you may just be putting up with them in a family dynamic because you don't want to really you know upset the apple cart right and that that's the problem you know sometimes when you give a homeopathic medicine to someone you have to be really careful in that situation because that woman can all of a sudden just become very strong and go wait a second whoa you know and it, it it can i mean i've seen that you have to be really uh cautious at times for that so that you prepare people for what might happen certainly and for those just tuning in i'm talking to dr heather harrington you can find her at drheatherharrington.com and harrington is spelled with only one r drheatherharrington.com. So we're having a great conversation here. And I think that when, when we talk about these things that have happened to us and we, we look at the aggregate nature of them, sometimes we can go into overwhelm because it causes us to stop and say, oh, do I really have to go into those places? Yeah. And I don't want to do that. So let me take a pill. Yeah. And the fact is, and maybe people don't like this fact, but the fact is that this life is the only one you're having right now. Right. And the quality of it, much of it is in your hands. Yeah. And you'd love to think that you can just take yourself like a car to a tune-up place and have your oil changed and everything will be fine. But it's not like that. When you have your oil changed, nobody is looking to see whether or not your door handle is falling off. 
so it's very important for us to take ownership of our health journey, isn't it? Oh, well, it's imperative, I think, these days. And I think that when you were talking about just earlier about this, you know, COVID-19 and self-isolation, it's such a great time to be able to, I know a lot of people have financial concerns and I completely empathize, but it also is a time to, for all of us to take stock. You don't want to go back to normal. It's a time to say, no, no, no. This is, we're, we're not just going back to normal. And it's the same way if somebody gets sick. They just want to go back to their, their, the way before. But why did your body get sick? Why did your mind allow that to happen? It's a lesson. And we need to reflect on that. We need to understand why that's happening. And it's the same thing um, in terms of this time. So I'm hoping that people will understand that, I mean, a lot of people you know, don't like the self-isolation. I understand that. But it is what's happening right now. And it also is a chance for us to come together and envision a new world because the world we were living in before that, well, I think Gaia is trying to knock us off the back and get us to pay attention because it couldn't keep going on like this. I mean, we've poisoned this planet to a place where people are getting so chronically ill. There's the chronic illness of the children you know, it's not just coming from vaccines, it's also coming from their ter terrible diet. I mean, there's all these reasons why that, that people have to really think about the information that we've got from whether it's even, you know, wherever your information is coming from. Is it coming from, you know, the, the, the medical paradigm that is right now? Um, and what's wrong with that? And we have to see the influences that that has. And for us, you know, as naturopathic physicians, we have a history where we were really thrown off um, the whole, in 1910, with the Flexman Report, all of a sudden natural medicine, naturopathic medicine, chiropractic, all those things, making alternative. We were all there. We were all flourishing. And then, oh, no, that's not good enough. We need to have that pill. We need to have that science. I love science. I have a degree in biology. But, I mean, that is not science in, in, in terms of, what's happened, you know, antibiotics, all of a sudden are antibiotic resistant. And yet there are all these plants that so little research is being done on it. Um, so many ways that we can keep healthy without just taking these pills that are going to suppress. Right. So many directions we could go. But for today, I want to stay <clears throat> focused on something that you said, because I think as we're giving this overview and Hopefully we'll talk again. I think it's important for us to, to go back and just remember something that you said, which is we have something that, that grabs our attention in our body, mind, and then we go and we get help for it and we heal. And then we go back to what we were doing before. Right. And the thing is that we fail to see that what we were doing before caused us to have to go through that period of healing. And, you know, I used to own a retreat center on Vancouver Island, and, and I particularly had a large number of people who were experiencing cancer diagnoses. And we would go through, first of all, I always wanted to know, which direction are you going? Are you leaving or are you wanting to stay? Right. And people would say, that, well, that's an odd question. No, but it's a very fundamental question. You know, there are so many things that you can create in your body that you have some control over. Uh, either not stopping or encouraging. And I'd like to know which direction would you most like to go in? And then we can work from that premise because some people are ready to leave and, they, and that was important to know. But then we would have these healings. Most people healed 
And then I would say to them in their follow-up, maybe two, three months later, well, here are all the things that you did. Which one of them are you still doing? Well, none of them. Well, why not? Well, because I, I don't have that condition anymore. Ah. <laughs> no, this was the new normal. This is right. what did you do now in order to be healthy so there's a huge piece to be looked at there and um i think that in looking at the even the word trauma the word trauma is a greek word for wound and it's important for us to realize that if we can look at a wound if we can see a gaping hole in our arm we immediately want to do something about it but the wounds that are not visible are often the ones that we just gloss over. Yeah. We don't take the time to look. But, you know, those wounds are getting infected, too. And it's really important for us to look at the entire picture there. Yeah. So very, very important for us to to take note of that. So so many things we could talk about heather thank you so much for starting this conversation i hope that we can continue it at some other time and people will see the relationship between toxicity in our emotional life or our physical life and how that is reflected in our body do you have any I, final thoughts yeah yeah um i just wanted to say that i think that that word relationship we have a relationship to ourselves, and so we any relationship takes work and so this relationship with ourselves or learning ourselves has to happen every day it's not something you can put off you can just say oh now i'm better no you have to check in even if it's just once a day for me checking in in meditation first thing in the morning just to say okay where am i at i don't have to think about it all day long but i do have to have that intention that it's important um to to, to create that space every day so i know where i'm going next and how if something's a problem is to make sure that that intent is to find a solution so it is hard work and i think that's hard for a lot of people right but well i think paying attention to yourself daily is foreign to some people they're reacting to what happens to them daily but they're not proactively coming from that place yeah and i hear i hear you advocating for that and i certainly second that My guest today is Dr. Heather Harrington. You can find her at drheatherharrington.com. You know, D-R, Heather Harrington with one R. Got that? And an E. (laughs) And an E. All right, let's spell the whole thing. D-R-H-E-A-T-H-E-R-H-E-R-I-N-G-T-O-N.com. And you'll find it in the show notes. You'll also find in there her generous gift of a technique to use your five senses to track feelings to better understand their source. And you can find that again at her website. You want to do that. You can find Dr. Harrington and all the wonderful things that she has for you at again, drheatherharrington.com, D-R, Heather Harrington with an E and one R.com. And in the meantime, Take very good care of yourself. You know, you can always find me at transformingrelationship.com. Subscribe to this podcast so you won't miss anything. Go and listen to other episodes. Find the help that you need. Move on over to my YouTube channel for Relationship Help, F-O-R, Relationship, H-E-L-P. So much there for you. So many fabulous guests, so much information and support. And until we meet again, you know what I'm going to say to you. Treat yourself very, very well because 
You're precious and you matter. Talk soon. Thank you for joining me on the Savior Sanity Podcast today. I hope you've had some new insights, some ideas and strategies to help you gain clarity and confidence for moving forward toward greater emotional health and safety. You deserve that, and so do your children. If you found value here and would like to support this podcast with a dollar or five each month, please do so at patreon.com slash saveyoursanity. Learn more about how to work with me by a video conference, join my optimized circles, or subscribe to this podcast on my YouTube channel at my website, transformingrelationship.com. Talk soon.